Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Good morning. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist. I'm a certified nutrition specialist, and I am the founder of Nutritional Weight and Wellness. You know, 25 years ago, <laughs> I started Nutritional Weight and Wellness with one small office located over a pizza place. Wow. <laughs> and only one very part-time helper in myself. You know, over the years, Nutritional Weight and Wellness has grown to seven different locations. Wow. That's amazing. Well, you know what? Amazing. It wasn't all planned. <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> so, you know, now if we think about what we're doing at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We have our radio show, Dishing Up Nutrition. It's 14 years we've been doing this now. Yes. And we have an online presence. We have podcasts of Dishing Up Nutrition. We're on social media. Uh, there's some of these things that I don't even know what it means. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, you know, we have numerous corporate accounts where we provide nutrition education at Lunch and Learns. And I know, Joanne, you teach a lot of those. Yes. You know, our staff includes 12 dietitians or nutritionists and over 20 nutrition educators teaching a variety of classes. And one of those dietitians is Joanne Rideout who is joining us today as our co-host, and we're talking about compulsive eating and weight gain. Yes. Joanne, what do you think <laughs> about opening up the phone lines today to take calls from listeners who are really frustrated with their lack of self-control? Mm-hmm. You know, they end up compulsively overeating, and of course, you know, they gain weight because they're eating things that... right. Go right into the fat cells. Right. Make, making the wrong choices then. Yes. Of course. So, you know, I think if, if you're brave enough this morning. Sure. And we get, and you want to call in and say, why, why am I doing this? What's going on? Yeah. We'll try to explain it to people. That would be great. And first of all, I'd like to say good morning, Dar. It's great to be here with you today. We were trying to remember how many years it's been since we were on together. Many, many. It's been a few. Yes. <laughs> so that, Talking to the listeners this morning sounds like a great idea. We are ta- only taking callers who have specific questions about compulsive eating or or examples or questions. Um, our number in studio is 651-641-1071. And first, however, I want to share a recent study reported in Drug and Therapy Perspectives. This study found that 30% of women who sought treatment to lose weight, have a binge eating disorder. So it's kind of interesting when you say that, that 30% of women, it's kind of, kind of the, the way you said that, it makes me think, if you've been on a diet, yeah, 30% of those people turn into compulsive overeaters. Could be. I mean, that's my interpretation. Yeah. Or have a compulsive eating problem. Yes. 
But an, an, another interesting statistic is that 72% of women who are alcoholics also have a binge eating disorder. Interesting, isn't it? Those numbers are very interesting. Yes, 72%. That's very high. That seems high. So before we talk more about research and take calls, I want to share a little more about how nutritional weight and wellness came to be. You know, back a few years ago, quite a few years ago, my first degree was in psychology and my second degree was in education. So I actually taught school for 20 years. Mm Mm-hmm. And then what happened is I got this passion for nutrition Mm -hmm. and it directed me onto the path of understanding the power of food, of real food. So understanding it from the point of view of how it affects our bodies and how it affects our brains. And, you know, at that point in my life, I was about 55 years old (laughs) and I was starting this new adventure with very little financial support. Right. <laughs> but I knew, I just knew intuitively that that low-fat, high-carb plans that were being recommended in medical offices, in schools, mm-hmm. in hospitals, you know, in diet clinics, was basically wrong for most people. Right. You know, it and just was wrong. When I was training for this company, I remember some of the initial reading that we that we I I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Gary Tobbs mm-hmm. had said that even in the eighteen hundreds, they knew that. Yes, very that high carb diets were wrong. Right. So why did we go back to it? <laughs> we certainly went back to it. I don't and know. People ha- still have a hard time believing that that isn't the truth. Right. It's true. And so, Dar, I know you enjoy reading research. You really like to think about what makes sense. That's what we're talking about today. That's what I like. I like what does it, what makes sense for people? So back 25 years ago, while you were starting this company, I was working as a dietitian at Courage Center. And I remember we had clients who needed good nutrition to support the healing of both their bodies Mm -hmm. after an injury and also their brains after a brain injury. Sadly, the popular processed carbs and low-fat diet was not very healing for those clients. But unfortunately, that was clinically recommended at the time. And so you had to do that, didn't you? Yes. And our regulations um, really Mm -hmm. monitored that. Mm -hmm. So just kind of think about this for a minute. Research indicated that that high-sugar, processed carb, low-fat type of diet is one that leads to inflammation, one that leads to diabetes, weight gain, and compulsive eating. Definitely. And so that, that I think we need to repeat that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> A high processed carb and low fat diet often leads to compulsive eating. And that makes so much sense because when we know when we eat carbs, we want more, mm-hmm. right? Right. So I was a master at following a low fat eating plan. But I also remember being hungry all the time, especially in the evening. And so many of our clients have that evening snack issue. So I remember once I did start snacking, it was difficult to stop. Mm-hmm. So now I still, at times, my blood sugar is off balance. I may grab too many nuts in the evening when I'm not thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but at least I'm making a better choice. Yes. A lot better choice than the sugar I used to grab or the, I used to grab handfuls of cereal, but of course that was just sugar. Which was actually probably almost worse than the sugar. For sure. Yes. Which is hard for people to understand. Right. But they don't realize that you're getting kind of attacked by two things. Right. And I remember taking great pain to read all the labels and try to find the best cereal, which is just a joke. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You know, as a nutritionist, you know, and that's, I mean, we had interesting conversation before we went on air about some of this. We did. And how it affects us personally. Right. You know, blood sugar affects most people. Absolutely. So it affects us too. Yes. So. So, you know, as a nutritionist, when working with a client, you know, I try to figure out why my client is struggling with compulsive binge type of behavior. And my first step is always, and my first question is always about sleep. That's right. I say, so how's your sleep? That's right. How many hours do you sleep each night? Because, you know, extensive research has been conducted about sleep and weight gain. The bottom line is, if you're short on sleep, you'll gain weight. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean, short on sleep? Well, you know, what comes to my mind is four or five hours of sleep, Mm -hmm. which is, we see a lot of clients like that, don't we? We do. So it isn't that people are eating more because they're awake more. It is what is happening to your hormones when you don't sleep. Yeah, that's right. We actually have two hormones controlling our appetite that are affected by our sleep. Leptin is the hormone that tells us we are full. Mm -hmm. When we lack sleep, the concentration of leptin is decreased. So less leptin equals more hunger. So you are never really feeling satisfied and you always feel the need to eat more. So, Joanne, I I know you're going to say we need to take a break, but let me finish my sentence there. Just think about that, listeners. When you don't sleep enough, you don't make enough leptin, and then you're hungry. And but it's more—it's a different kind of hunger. You're just not feeling satisfied, right? So, yeah, that's true. So now it's time for our first break. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and today we're discussing causes of compulsive eating. We found a very interesting article to share with you about self-control. It was published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology and is titled Self-Control Relies on Glucose as a Limited Energy Source. Willpower is more than a metaphor. This article takes a look at self-control and its findings show that the brain relies on sufficient glucose as its energy source to give us self-control. We always talk about balanced blood sugar. We do. That's exactly the same thing. Yes. So be sure to stay tuned because after this break, we're going to share a technique you can use to have more self-control. Yes. And we'll be right back. There are some things we wish for you to do what everyone else can do. Hop in your car, go to work, slip right into a movie seat. Now there's a perk. Buy cute jeans right off the rack. Dance at the next wedding to Love Shack. Play tag with your kids and hear them say, that was the most awesomest day. Walk your dog, jog, or both just because you can. Comfortably fly coach all the way to Japan. Be there on graduation day. 
especially if it's yours, and you got your MBA. Meet your greatest love and ride off into the sun. This is your life. Go live it. You've only got one. If you think you've tried everything to lose the weight that's keeping you from your best life, think again. Learn the new science of weight loss in the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, on-site or online. You can do this. We'll help you. You're not alone. This is a promise, not just a poem. Join us at weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, before break, Joanne was sharing an article about self-control. The authors of the article describe self-control as the ability to control one's thoughts, emotions, urges, and behavior, mm-hmm. and I, which made me think, hmm, much of that self-control behavior today is focused on eating behavior, especially out-of-control eating behavior, mm-hmm. such as compulsive eating, binge eating, can't stop with one behavior. Right, right. You know, after reviewing nine different research studies... The author found that self-control relies on your brain having specific energy source. That's right. And that's right. And I think of it this way. So for our cars to work properly, they need a specific particular energy source. So for most cars today, that energy source is gasoline. Mm -hmm. You put gasoline in your tank, you turn the key, the engine turns on, and then you drive off. So going back to that article, according to the article, self-control also relies on a particular energy source. Mm-hmm. And that energy source that our brain needs to function is the correct amount of glucose. Right. You know, as I said, this article looked at nine different research studies. From these nine studies, the data indicates the lack of self-control is often caused by low glucose or low blood sugar. Right. So let's talk more about that, Joanne. Right. And as a dietitian, I certainly understand low blood sugar and the out-of-control eating that can occur, occur when I haven't taken the time to eat. It happens to us all it the time. It happens to all of us. You know, so to have self-control, we need a steady supply of glucose to our brain. So low blood sugar or low brain glucose leads to lack of self-control. And compulsive eating. Mm-hmm. So then the question becomes, what can you do to make sure you have adequate levels of glucose? We don't want too much. Right. And we don't want too little. Right. We need a steady supply of glucose. Mm-hmm. So to end that compulsive eating, our first recommendation is to eat in balance every three hours. Easy to say. Right. But hard to do, isn't it? It is. It can be. Yep. So if your goal is to have self-control, then follow our suggestion, eat real food every three hours. That's right. So you have to be, you have to kind of think, okay, how am I going to do this? You know? Right. And so that's, that's what we need to think about. Exactly. So we were talking about... Um, how much leptin is produced um, when we sleep. Mm-hmm. And you you were going to talk a little bit more about sleep, weren't you, Dar? Yeah, you know, it's again, when we lack sleep, that concentration of leptin is decreased. 
and less leptin equals more hunger, mm-hmm. and you never really feel satisfied. So when we think about eating every three hours, probably then our next recommendation is to sleep yes, seven and a half, eight hours. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how it many is. people do that? You're right, exactly. Not very many. Not very many. Mm-mm. So again, you know, some of us, you may be thinking, so how much sleep do I need to make sufficient amount of hormone of the, of that leptin hormone? Mm-hmm. And again, you yep. know, seven and a half to eight hours of good sleep most nights. Right. But what happens if you only get five hours a night? Mm-hmm. You know, I think, let's think about who that might be. It might be a night shift nurse. Sure. And we hear this story all the time. We do. Night shift nurse and a parent of two young children. Mm-hmm. And you come home, you get the kids off to school, you go to bed at 9.30 in the morning. Yeah. And you sleep till 2.30. Right. Because, you know, you want to get up because the kids are coming off the bus. Sure. So 9.30 to 2.30 is five hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, when you write that down, 9,000, 30 to 230 it feels like that's a lot of sleep right but if you do the numbers right it's five hours exactly so most people sleeping only five hours per night they want to eat sugar mm-hmm. non-stop because their leptin level is low that hormone level is low yep it's what we call it's a hormonal biochemical response to the lack of sleep that's right it's the hormone that says stop eating and it just isn't doing its job. Right. Because there isn't enough of it. That's right. And it, and there never will be when, when you continue that schedule. Yes. So we have also uh, um, another hormone affected by the amount of sleep we get. And that hormone is called ghrelin. So the lack of sleep increases the level of the hormone ghrelin, which tells your brain that you're hungry and not satisfied. Mm-hmm. So again, when your leptin is low and your ghrelin is high, it makes perfect sense that you are totally out of control with your eating. Exactly. Yes. How many people realize that we are actually, our sleep makes two important hormones while we sleep? Yeah. So, you know, research on sleep from the University of Chicago, and, you know, the University of Chicago has done just Tons and tons of research Mm -hmm. confirms their findings that with a lack of sleep, your appetite increases and you're not satisfied. Yes. You want to eat more and more and more. You just can't get satisfied, even though logically you look at how much you've eaten and say, I should be feeling satisfied, Mm -hmm. but I'm not. I want more. (laughs) Yes. And so you might be asking, how did I get into having too much ghrelin? And not enough leptin. So remember, both of these are hormones. And when they get out of balance, that that happens because you're not sleeping enough. So we need at least seven and a half hours, at least. Ideally, we need eight to nine hours of sleep most nights to have balanced appetite hormones. Exactly. And I think that's the other thing is if you're going from five hours and you know that you need maybe nine hours, 
you're going to have to probably do it in steps until your body gets used to sleeping that much. Right. But it does make a difference. Right. And it's like that nine hours gives people that healing uh, time for their body. Mm-hmm. So if you're not sleeping enough, what can you do about it? You know, maybe you're a person, and we know people like this. Mm-hmm. They have poor sleep habits. Mm-hmm. I, I call it, they're busy doing nothing mm-hmm. for two or three hours <laughs> before bedtime. They're procrastinating, procrastinating about going to bed. So then you stop back and say, so, okay, what do I need to do to change that behavior? Right. And a lot of times I'm working with clients, you know, when they're describing this behavior. And a lot of moms say, it's the only quiet time I have. Oh, yes. So they just sit there and be just because, you know, or try to get things done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But not very successfully. Right. But if that is you and you struggle with compulsive eating, let me suggest meeting weekly with one of our dietitians or nutritionists until you have formed a new bedtime habit. I, you know, Joanne, you and I both have worked with a lot of people yes. that, I have, that I have just poor sleep mm-hmm. hygiene is what they call it. Right. People, they, sleep becomes the last thing that they are concerned about. Right. But and they need guidance, right? And commit con, a consistency and a commitment right. to make those changes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And this sounds really simple, but the reality is, you need to be in bed at least eight hours to get eight hours of sleep. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a no-brainer, right? That's right. <laughs> and so, as dietitians and nutritionists at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we help people form new sleep habits. And reduce that compulsive eating. Right, exactly. So lack of sleep puts a blanket kind of over your control button. You know, it gets muffled out. So researchers at the University of Chicago Sleep Center discovered that after just two to three nights of being short on sleep, hunger pangs rise and there's an increase in your appetite. Wow. So just think about just that. a couple well, bad just, nights. Uh-huh. You start losing control over your eating. Right. Yeah, that, that's... I mean, that's shocking, quickly. isn't it? It is. It is definitely. So it's time for break. And you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I'd like to remind you of our Menopause Survival Seminar coming up Saturday, November 10th. That's coming up quick. Yes. If you're struggling with menopause symptoms and want solutions... Come and spend a day with us. Join Dar and Chris and myself for a day of finding the solutions to your menopause symptoms. So you can call 651-699-3438 or register online at weightandwellness.com. And we dig into a lot of different symptoms during that day. We do. A lot of times people say, oh, I'm through menopause. Yep. But I always say, no, this is really about a women's health it is. class. Mm-hmm. So it's very helpful. And so sometimes we have people that are like in their 30s, all the mm-hmm. way up to 95 yep. come to that class. Yep. Anyone in perimenopause mm-hmm. is yep, yep. also a good... Well, okay, we'll be right back. Okay. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, next week we have a highly anticipated show for many of you. 
Yeah, it we sounds like We hear good. this request so many times. <laughs> Nutrition for hair growth and how to prevent hair loss. Yep. Hair is an important one for people. It is. <laughs> you know, last week I read a study that found that we need to eat at least 12 ounces of protein daily to maintain hair growth. Mm-hmm. We need protein. We do. So, so this is, we know, is a very popular topic. So, hey, tell your friends to tune in with you. That's right. So if you want to sign up for, or um, if you want to um, know more about this, just check us out on Nutrition for Weight Loss or weightandwellness.com. That's right. That's right. That's a great topic. And I, that when you said that, it always reminds me of how nutritionists kind of share stories. Mm-hmm. About how how much better their hair is. Oh yes. After they follow our eating plan, so mm-hmm. there's another motivator. <laughs> That's right. So here's some other facts. Back to sleep about the lack of sleep. So researchers have found that a lack of sleep affects the functioning of your prefrontal cortex. That is the part of your brain that helps you make thoughtful decisions. So that lack of sleep correlates with a lack of good decisions. Isn't that interesting? That is very interesting. So actually, lack of sleep equals lack of self-control. Compulsive eating is typically not an emotional or not caused from some bad childhood memories. No. Rather, it is often caused from a lack of sleep. Very often. It's hard for people to wrap their head around because they haven't heard that for years and years and years and years. No, and and in our society, we have minimized our need for sleep. Yes, exactly. For so many years Mm -hmm. that people have a hard time adjusting to the idea of eight hours. They really are shocked when Mm -hmm. they hear that. Mm -hmm. Not Maybe not shocked, but thinking, how am I going to do it? Exactly. Right. They just sort of discount it Mm -hmm. as being that important. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So we have said lack of sleep can cause hunger and that always looking for food behavior. So now we're going to shift our focus from sleep to looking at medication. There are a couple of common medications that also lead to overeating and to weight gain. Actually, more than a couple. Oh, we're only going to we're going to only talk about a couple today. (laughs) Many of them. We get to be talking a whole hour about it. (laughs) Gabapentin. So you may have heard of this. Gabapentin Mm -hmm. is a drug commonly used to treat nerve pain. It's associated with weight gain. Generally, people will put put on at least five pounds or so. And I find that it puts a lot more weight on than five pounds. That's <laughs> what research found. <laughs> and we and we see otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. So often people who have fibromyalgia or neuropathy take gabapentin to control nerve pain. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it does do that very well. But, but I want to share a success story of one of my clients who has fibromyalgia. She was able to reduce the dose of gabapentin she was taking when she started eating the weight and wellness way with real food. Mm-hmm. That's great. You know, after reducing her dose of gabapentin, she actually lost 30 pounds without even trying. Yay. Because you know what? She's no longer binging on those cookies in the middle of the afternoon. Right. And honestly, her hunger level has returned to being normal. Right. 
and she's picking real food over sugar, so she's taking the stress off of her nerves. Right. I think for anyone with fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. it is so critical to eat real food, get rid of the the sugars and the flours and all that. Right. Because that causes irritations to those nerves. Right. And often I find with people on a medication like gabapentin, they may be sleeping okay, mm-hmm. but um, but still having that out-of-control eating because of the medication. Yes, and I think the sleep is different it is. than just real sleep. Absolutely. It's a medicated sleep. Yep, which, and we know that's not as deep no, of a sleep. No, it's a sedated sleep, but not a real sleep. Yeah. Right. So that's a great success story for your client. Yes, it is. There's also a lot of research that indicates many antidepressants increase hunger. Many, many of them. Mm-hmm. So that leads to weight gain. And some of our clients who take antidepressants complain they're hungry all the time. Exactly. And for some of them, once they start eating, they just can't stop. I actually, Joanne, just another client story. Mm-hmm. I actually had a client a few years ago that was put on an antidepressant and she would actually get up in the middle of the night, drive to the convenience store to get her load of junk food wow. because she was having such incredible cravings in wow. the middle of the night. As soon as they changed her medication, that all went away. That stopped. Yeah. She didn't have to get up and make <laughs> make the, the sugar run. Oh, you know? thank goodness. <laughs> That's exhausting to hear about. <laughs> So, you know, there are several reasons that people fall into compulsive eating. But let me share some good news first about compulsive eating. You know, many of our clients follow our weight and wellness way of eating, and their compulsive eating goes away. So if compulsive eating is from an emotional problem, which we hear all the time. We do. Why would compulsive eating go away when the person changed his or her diet. Right. Could it be when people stop eating the high-carb, high-processed food diet and follow the weight and wellness way of eating, Mm -hmm. such as with protein, vegetables, and healthy fat, every three hours, compulsivity goes into remission. Right. And I think that's the goal. I hear that from clients all the time. Exactly. They can't believe it. Mm -hmm. So when you eat our weight and wellness balanced eating plan, your brain has the ability to make logical decisions and your emotions and stress don't spin you into compulsive eating because, you know, we all have stress in our lives. Right. But if we're eating so that we've got that controlled, good. That's right. You want to do a caller? We we have a caller. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. Barb, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Barb. Good Good morning. morning. Good morning. I'm calling, it's funny, you just hit a little bit on the subject that I'm calling for. Okay. My daughter is 23 and has been suffering from um, night eating syndrome Mm -hmm. for, mm, I think, at least five years. It it got to the point where she actually went to um, a facility to try to get help with it, and um, that didn't really help um, the problem. We're still experiencing the problem today. 
she eats well. She eats the nutrition for wellness way. Um, for the most part, she's much healthier than I do mm-hmm. and um, tries to eat organic and clean. Um, she doesn't eat sugar. She doesn't um, eat processed foods. Her oils are very, she's very particular. She'll eat avocados and, and the healthy way. Yep, but okay. the problem just does not seem to go away. She is on gabapentin, but... This problem started way before gabapentin. She takes it for degenerative disc disease. Okay. okay. Um, so we've had, it's been a very, very stressful um, existence for her because she is trying to eat really clean and well. And at night after she goes to bed, she wakes up and she's, she describes it as being half asleep and half awake so she knows that she's eating but she's not awake enough to tell herself you're not hungry go back to bed Mm -hmm. so what Mm -hmm. we've resorted to before she moved out was we put an alarm on her door Mm -hmm. and she said mom i need you to help me with this because she's really stressed out because she was gaining weight so i think i think so we, we dealt with that but i no matter how many times i would meet her in the kitchen after the alarm went off in our room, um, she would go back to bed, but the problem hasn't stopped. I think... And she thinks it might be just a, a bad habit. No. Well, she I think, recently moved out in the last couple of months, and she was pretty good at the start, but now she's telling me that the night eating is full on only this time. Okay. She's eating junk because... There's, yeah. Well, so you know what? Her boyfriend's junk food because when she gets up, she eats high carb stuff. Yeah. Stuff she would never eat. Barb, uh, I know we're getting a signal from the producer that we have to take a break, but okay. I think you you can either stay online or we can kind of talk about that when we come back as some possibilities. And I, okay. you know, as you're talking, I have some possibilities in my brain, and I know. Joanne does too. So mm-hmm. okay. uh, let's go ahead and we'll take our break. Joanne, go okay. ahead and yes. And you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition now through November fifteenth. We're offering five different ninety-minute classes for only ten dollars each. These p- classes are very popular. Um, we're offering five steps to boost metabolism and also nutrition for better digestion and many more. Check out our class offerings on our website at weightandwellness.com. And we'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we say the more you know, the better you can do. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're doing these 90-minute classes for $10 each. That's because right. we want people to know so that they can do better. So we encourage you to take this opportunity to know more about interesting ways nutrition can support your energy, your moods, your memory, your well-being, your digestion, how you're going to get through the holidays right? with all the junk food that's out there. <laughs> that's right. So if you've taken our classes before, you know, we really thank you for doing that. If you want a refresher, sign up for a couple of the classes. If you're new to Nutritional Weight and Wellness, People tell me all the time 
how much they appreciate these classes and what great teachers we have. That's right. I mean, I hear that all the time. We have great teachers. <laughs> so call 651-699-3438 or you can go online at weightandwellness.com to sign up. And I know the classes are filling up fast, so do it now. They I mean, are. Rather than waiting. That's right. So we're going to answer this lady's question, Barb's right. question, about night eating. And right. Dawn, you you have some ideas, I know. Right. Uh, Barb asked the question about her daughter and problems she's having with night eating. Um, and the first thought I had was, you know, kind of what we're talking about is balancing your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Because even though if you're eating really clean, if the timing isn't right... Or the balance isn't right. For your body. Right. And so getting the right amount of protein, the vegetables, the healthy fat, all together in balance, in the right portion, and about every three hours. And I have noticed myself that even though I eat really clean, that if my span of time and I miss my break in the afternoon or the dinner is too early or too late... Depending on my schedule, my blood sugar balance can get off, and that would lead to um, losing control with eating. Right. And then I feel like I'm ready to snack in the evening, even though I may not really need a snack. So I think there's something to that length of time and the balance with the protein, the vegetables, the healthy fats. That's what we teach but um the other thing i the other idea i was thinking about is if she could enlist her boyfriend's support in having those snacks out of reach or out of her area that she might the bad keep snacks. her food the bad snacks okay right the bad snacks the the junk food that she doesn't want to mm-hmm. be eating mm-hmm. if those could be in a a different place i've asked my husband to keep them in his car or in mm-hmm. his truck yep um, because sometimes just if I'm having a bad day, I don't want that right. in my reach. So just so listeners kind of understand a lot of times, and I know Joanne and I have talked about this before, is that when we're working with clients, for some reason, our clients become first. Right. And we don't take care of our own snacking, our own healthy eating as exactly. well as we need to. And the other thing that I've noticed is that some of us have very, very sensitive blood sugar mm-hmm. problems. And I know, mm-hmm. Joanne, you've talked about yours I, I in the past, yes. you know, actually having it since birth. Yes. Having this blood sugar control problem. Right. And I think, I mean, I know that that's true for me too. Mm-hmm. And to really understand how sensitive people's blood sugars are, you know, for instance, I would really encourage this young woman to come in and see you. Mm-hmm. Because you know exactly, exactly, yeah, how she's feeling, right. and you know she might need a lot more fat mm-hmm. to stabilize that blood sugar. Right. And even though she's eating the right foods, it, they might not be in the right proportion, exactly, in the right place during the day. And you know, one of the other things that we say on our weight and wellness plan is, at lunchtime, you eat two servings of fat, right? And but some people need three. Four to balance that blood sugar. Mm -hmm. We also say we need to have a concentrated carb, which means something like carrots or sweet potatoes. You just can't do spinach and broccoli because 
that might not be enough glucose right. to keep your blood sugar balanced. It's technical. Right. And we need, when you see someone, that person, that professional needs to be really listening in detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To get this. Yeah. But it's possible. It is. It you is. Know, you Definitely. don't have to be struggling every day with this. Right. You know. Definitely is. That's off my soapbox. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That is so true. So I've also, back to our topic, I've noticed about 80% of our clients who are compulsive eaters are have blood sugar issues, mm-hmm. just like what we're talking about. So perhaps they're diabetic or pre-diabetic or just insulin resistant. Or they actually were born with a very sensitive blood sugar. Yes. So you have to say, what causes most of the blood sugar problems? Why are so many people developing diabetes or prediabetes? You know, I think we know that the rate of diabetes in the past 20 years has increased considerably. You know, back in the 1930s and even into the 40s, people ate meat or fish, vegetables and real fat, butter, lard, bacon fat, and fewer people had type 2 diabetes. That's right. And very few people were overweight then either. I know it. <laughs> and they were eating, you know, butter, lard. They were eating the way we the way we teach. Right. Including lard. <laughs> Organic. <laughs> you know, I think Joanne, they, people are shocked when we say, "Yeah, you can cook your eggs in the bacon fat that you've cooked your bacon in." Yeah. And it's okay. Right. So, right. So, maybe food companies are to blame for your food compulsive eating. Um, those food companies have known for years that people will eat more of their products if they add large quantities of sugar, salt, and other additives like MSG. Food chemists understand that eating refined man-made food causes cravings to intensify, and as a result, people have less control. They just can't stop at one. So therefore, they start eating compulsively. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing we know for sure is when people follow the weight and wellness way of eating, they have fewer cravings. That I mean, is, we hear it over and over we do. in our classes on individual with people. Right. And even pe- people with history of compulsive eating for mm-hmm. years, and all of a sudden it will stop. Right. It's like a miracle. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of magical, actually, for people. So, you know, as we kind of think about what we've talked about today is, first of all, we've got a couple of hormones, don't we? Right. You want to kind of recap on hormones a little bit? Right. We About, have we need the leptin. Leptin. And we need the ghrelin. Okay. Um, and so we need those in balance as well. And we need to sleep eight hours or seven and a half minimally. And that's how in we In order de- for those to work. Yep. And that's how we develop those two major hormones. And one cuts off. Our desire to eat. Yes. And one increases our desire to eat. Right. So we want to sleep. So they need to be. Yep. That's right. Our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple yet powerful message. Eating real food is life changing. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Yes. Thank you. It was great being on today. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. 
The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.